Hi, I'm Joy Moore. This is That So Atlanta, the podcast. I was watching CBS News today and I saw a news segment air about millions of Americans who have been quitting their jobs the past few months. Um, over 4 million Americans quit their jobs in December of 2021 and there are currently um, 10.9 million job openings in America. And I was watching CNN a few days ago talking about the Internal Revenue Service. The Internal Revenue Service is understaffed and it's been that way for years. However, it's not just understaffed, it's underfunded. And they have 188 job openings posted on their website. But the news segment mentioned that a lot of people who work for the IRS have left for better paying jobs. And I talked about this on previous podcasts, how a lot of people assume if you work for the government, you're automatically making six figures. But you know, so many people work for the government and they're underpaid and they're overworked. And, you know, with the government being one of the largest employers in America, when we keep wages low, you know, when we keep government mandated minimum wages low, it benefits the government. So when I hear a lot of people in government, politicians, some of them say that $15 per hour is a living wage. When I hear so many progressive Democrats say that $15 per hour is a is a minimum wage that should be the federal minimum wage. In my opinion, that's not high enough. And so many of these politicians that are keeping wages so low, they're earning six figures. So they're not currently working on $15 per hour. Can you imagine how many people would leave Congress right now? How many people would leave their government jobs as politicians, as governors, as mayors, as Congress people, if they were getting paid $15 per hour? So... Why do you expect so many other Americans to work on $15 per hour or much less than that? And, you know, a lot of people, they assume that if you are low wage, you're lazy. You know, I've heard some people refer to low wage workers as low skilled. You know, it's not about just being educated because I have seen a lot of people who don't even have a high school diploma, who don't even have a college degree earning six figures. It's not just about education. It's about opportunity, you know, it's about opportunity for advancement. It's about an opportunity to even attain a better paying job because a lot of people think that you can just quit your job and you have another job tomorrow. For a lot of people, they have been trying to find better jobs and they haven't been able to get that opportunity. And it's not about being lazy, you know, many people work two or three jobs. They're still not earning even $60,000 per year. So even with so many people during this pandemic getting wage increases, inflation has caused many people's wages, uh, excuse me, their earning power that they got from those wage increases to drop. So their earning power has dropped at least 1.6%. I heard one senator say it's estimated 1.9%. So you can be skilled, you know, on the job. I have been to many jobs where I have learned what to do in that job on the job. You can have skills on the job and still not be promoted. You know, you can have skills and still have difficulty finding a job. You can be educated. I have seen so many uh, people, especially uh, many women with advanced degrees who cannot find a job. So they end up working uh, gig work or they end up uh, being self-employed. They can't find someone that's going to employ them and pay them a decent wage. Um, And it's not just about, like I said, wages. It's about opportunity for advancement. It's about working in a safe environment. and work environment where you're going to be respected and treated well. So I think with so many people quitting their jobs, it's not just in, in the private sector. It's some people quitting their government jobs as well. I feel like a lot of people, they're not just going towards self-employment and entrepreneurship and starting their own businesses, but they're focusing on their family and their own goals as well. A lot of people are trying to 
get better skills. They're trying to go back to school. And this pandemic has allowed a lot of people to do that. I think that when we talk about a labor shortage, I don't think there's a shortage of workers. I think there's a shortage of people who are willing to go back to jobs where they're not paid well and they're not treated well. If we had better federal labor laws to better protect employees in the workplace, to protect employees during the hiring process and the firing process or the resignation process or the leave of absence process or the uh, maternity leave or sick leave or family medical leave process, if we had better laws in place to help protect employees during the working process, I feel like more Americans would not be leaving their jobs right now. When you go to the dol.gov website, when you go to the eeoc.gov website, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, you know, when you go to the OSHA website, osha.gov, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, when you go to these websites, they explain to you what some of the laws are. And it's not just about federal labor laws, it's state laws as well. And like I said, you know, we need better protections for people in the workplace, but we need better protections for the American worker. If you feel like you are being discriminated against in your job, um, bullied, berated, harassed, abused, you know, the EEOC has a very narrow definition for what they're willing to assist you with. So then you would have to find a private lawyer who's willing to take your case. And there are a lot of people I've seen in the news um, they are suing their government employee employers. They are suing their private sector employers because of abuse, assaults, harassment, mistreatment, discrimination, and unfair practices in the workplace. So, you know, we need better federal labor laws, but we also need people who are going to understand that so many people, after years of being mistreated and overworked and underpaid and undervalued by their employers, are leaving. And this is going to change our workforce. You know, I talked about automation um, taking over a lot of jobs, you know. And once again, I feel like that's also about money. It's not just about a labor shortage. It's also about money. You know, it's cheaper for many of these employers to maintain a machine than it is to have to manage an employee and and, and uh, also pay them and have to pay insurance and sick leave and time off and all those things that involve for uh, the workplace for a lot of employees. You know, and self-employment and entrepreneurship is not for everyone. So for the millions of people who are not able to go back to work right now because of various reasons, you know, like I said, this pandemic has impacted so many people's lives. You know, there has to be an effort made to figure out what the future of work means in America. I want to clarify what I said earlier. You don't have to have a degree or multiple degrees or a certification or certifications to have skills. You can take skills that you have learned throughout your life and use them at various jobs. You can use them at your first job. You can learn new skills on the job and take them with you to your next job. I wanted to give an update on the King Super Strike. From January, I mentioned it in my last podcast. It's articles from thehill.com. It's dated February 1st, 2022, written by Joseph Choi. King Supers Union approves new contract with Kroger. Workers from nearly 80 King Supers approved a three-year contract with the chain's owner, Kroger, on Tuesday after workers had previously gone on strike due to dissatisfaction with what Kroger called its best and last offer at the time. 
The new contract will have King Supers invest $170 million into wage increases along with additional investments into health care, Reuters reported. A document obtained by the Newswire found that the agreement would have per-hour raises range between $1.23 and $5.99 in the first year. With the new agreement, more than 95% of workers will receive an hourly raise of at least $2 in the first year. Earlier uh, this year, thousands of King Supers workers went on strike after rejecting a contract that Kroger had said would be its last offer. King Supers president Joe Kelly said at the time that the company had offered um, the employees a raise of $148 million to $170 million when the offer was rejected. United Food and Commercial Workers, UFCW Local 7, the union that represents the workers, took issue with conditions in the contract that said it would have allowed Kroger to reduce wages over the lifetime of the agreement. Around 8,000 workers from 77 King Supers and City Market locations are affected by the collective bargaining agreement. While the union did not get the $6 raise in the first year that it had sought, UFCW Local 7 President Kim Cordova said the union had fixed a lot of things that needed to be fixed.